Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BoxNation.com, Evan Wanish. And today, we are right back where we were this time a week ago, talking about the quarterback position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On top of that, the Buccaneers are fresh off their fourth win in a row. A team that looked dead in the water at four and seven just a month and ago, uh, just a month ago, is now eight and seven, and one went away from shoring up the NFC South for the third straight season. So, with two games left on the schedule, both of them in the NFC South, the Bucks definitely have the most control over their playoff fate that they've had all year. Uh, it's an incredibly exciting time of season. And the Bucs have made it so with some excellent play on both sides of the ball. We'll dive into that and more. But first and foremost, Evan, happy holidays. How you doing? Yes, I uh, hope everyone had a, a lovely Christmas, um, spending you know time with your families and everything. And uh, yeah, we're not co- quite done with, I guess, I don't know. Do you consider New Year's like a holiday? Like, do you consider that part of the holidays or the holidays done? Uh. Yes, I guess people say Happy New Year. They go out of their yeah, way. Because, I mean, I guess like if if you think about like kids and stuff that are like in grade school and stuff like their winter break doesn't end until after New Year's. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess you know, yeah. But but I mean, hey, the, the Buccaneers uh, gave the Jaguars a lump of coal and they gave Bucks fans uh, a bunch of gifts. And uh, the Jaguars were given the Buccaneers gifts in, a turno- in the um, form of turnovers. Uh, they were given the Buccaneers a bunch of presents in, in that sense. But yeah, I mean, obviously we were talking a little bit before we came on here and uh, we talked about Green Bay last week and how you thought that it was their most complete game. But we also said, well, you know, this defense left a little bit to be desired against Green Bay. You know, Jordan Love had some time. He threw for darn near 300 yards, this and that. Like, you know, Jordan Love, the the defense didn't quite pass the eye test. Only allowing 20 points was good, but it didn't quite pass the eye test. This week, it was the opposite. This week, it was truly a... Uh, full-on, all-around team performance by both the offense and the defense. The offense playing efficient, being great on third downs, being good in the red zone, and the defense forcing turnovers, getting sacks, just flying all over the place, early and often, too. It started way early, you know. Neither side of the ball got off to a slow start. I mean, the Buccaneers went down there, scored three points, and the Bucks defense responded with an interception. Um, they got off to a fast start, and they <laughs> sort of didn't look back until then. It was, it was over pretty quickly to be honest with you yeah 21 points alone in that first half off of turnovers for the tampa Bay buccaneers four takeaways from this buccaneers defense four sacks as well really taking it to an injured trevor lawrence who did not play well and you could tell he just never had time to get comfortable he he wasn't very composed the bucks brought the pressure early and often and this was complimentary football at its finest this is the game that 
Even though we did have Green Bay last week, we were sitting there asking ourselves, how much better can it get than this? The next week, I think the Bucks probably executed the best game they have all season from the perspective of both sides of the football. You know, we can probably gripe about the run game, which I believe only right around 70 yards rushing on the ground on 25 carries, which isn't ideal. But when you've got Baker Mayfield dealing for another week in a row and the Bucks just making it look as easy as they did in that first half, at one point in the third quarter, the game was 30 to nothing. You know, final score is 30 to 12, but it may as well have been 30 to nothing because the two mercy touchdowns that Jacksonville got late in the game was against a lot of the Bucks' second and third stringers, seemingly. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it was just... It, it, it did feel, at halftime, it felt kind of similar to the Bills game in 2021 and the Bengals game in 2022. And the two things that those have in common are the Buccaneers built leads against an AFC team. And they were both at home. They built big leads at the half. But then in the second half, kind of crumbled. Now, they went into overtime against the Bills and beat the Bills, but then they lost to the Bengals. And I kind of had that feeling. I was like, man, I was like, is this one going to be close? I was like, we'll have to wait and see. Like, at 20 to nothing, like, I was like, yeah, they're playing well, but, like, Jacksonville gets the ball to start the the second half. Like, what's going to happen there? But it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that um, this wasn't going to be the case, and the Buccaneers just – the Jags just didn't have it today. And – it, uh, I think, uh, I believe was the, yeah, it was a turnover, I believe, right? The Antonio Field interception, uh, I believe, was like the third or fourth play of the second half for Jacksonville. And at that point, I was like, okay, I was like, I don't really think, don't really think Jacksonville's got it today and, uh, that this is just how it's going to go for them. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to see, like you said, an all around performance by the, especially from the defense. I think that's the most encouraging thing. The offense has been trending upwards for a while now. The defense has been the thing that has, uh, worried me the most because this defense, you know, was not playing playoff quality football at all for a long time, really. I mean, you know, they were Gardner Minshew had their way with them. Desmond Ritter had a really good day against them. Despite the, the Bucks winning that game, Desmond Ritter had a nice day against them. Jordan Love had a nice day against them. So uh you wanted to see the defense bounce back. I know Trevor Lawrence wasn't 100 percent but he still is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the Jaguars have one of the better coaching staffs in the NFL. So yeah, this was a pretty impressive win, especially on on the defensive side. Yeah, not only has the point total been going up every week, but the quality of opponents that the Bucs have put away has gone up every single week. We said how important it was before this game, how the Bucs looked against the Jacksonville team. Because, listen, I'm not going to make any excuses because Trevor Lawrence played. He may not have been healthy, and he may be playing playing terrible this year when he's out there playing through injury, but he traveled with the team. He cleared concussion protocol, and he went out there and started. That's their franchise quarterback, and the Bucs made them look lifeless. You know, that's awesome. This is a win that we have been waiting for all season, and the Bucs are getting hot at the right time. One of the hottest teams in the NFL throughout the month of December, and, you know, the ebbs and flows of the NFL season are clearly in full effect, and whatever process Dave Canales and Todd Bowles have been cooking with this Buccaneers offense seemingly is uh, getting prepared at the right time. I'm excited to see it. Now, one of the biggest reasons the Bucs offense has looked the way that it has is... The quarterback play. We can deny it no longer, Evan. Your favorite player on the Buccaneers roster, Baker Mayfield. Over the past two weeks, we got to talk about his performance. He has completed 48 to 63 passes at 76.2 percentage for 664 yards and six TDs with no interceptions. Last week, NFC Player of the Week, 
a perfect passer rating and a historic performance in Lambeau Field. Some would say his best career game. How does he follow it up? Well, he's magic again. 26 of 35 for 283, two touchdowns to Mike Evans in that game against Jacksonville. And he looked comfortable. He looked good. And what I like from what I have seen from Baker Mayfield is not only is he playing the best football of the season at the best time of the season, you you really cannot ask for much better quarterback play in the month of December, but he's shown me he can bounce back from a slump. You know, we, we had a podcast, what, two, three weeks ago talking about the potential of Baker Mayfield coming back to Tampa Bay on a contract extension beyond the 2023 season. The way he has played since then, the way that he has played since calling the team out, asking where the accountability was in this locker room, the Bucs are not only undefeated since then, and yeah, we can look at Carolina in, in the Atlanta game and say that maybe those weren't his strongest games of the year. The last interception he threw was in that Carolina game December 3rd, almost a month ago. So, like, you can you can nitpick on those games, but even at the end of that Atlanta game, you could argue the catalyst was that game-winning drive. He delivered when he needed to. Plays a career game on the road in Lambeau in December against the Packers and obviously puts the whooping on Jacksonville last night. If I'm the Bucks, I know we've talked a lot about rookie quarterbacks, and I know we can go back and forth all day, and we're going to open up the phone lines on this show as well. So for anybody on hold, we will get to you here shortly. We appreciate your patience. If I'm the Bucks, or rather, if I'm Baker Mayfield, it would almost be disrespectful at this point for the Bucks to really not take a look at this guy and offer him an extension. And that's why I think, I think these last two weeks, especially, it's hard to argue that he hasn't he he hasn't earned an extension. And I think after these last two weeks, the Bucks have little to no problem paying him the money that he's probably going to get. Now, the, the other question is also. How do they pay him? Are they going to give him a two, three-year extension, or is he candidate for the franchise tag? How does that work, Evan? You know, I, th- I think the other question is, like, yeah, hey, you can say all the all the right things and everything, and Ian Rappaport said, oh, you know, there's mutual interest in him coming back. Look, at the end of the day, like, that might change if, if he enters free agency and some team offers him a contract that he's like, whoa, you know, um, so so that could always change. But I mean, the, yeah, the, the difference between these past two weeks and the weeks against Carolina and Atlanta were. OK, they beat Carolina, they beat Atlanta, but you didn't feel great about the team. But just specifically for me, I didn't feel great about the quarterback because they won. But Baker Mayfield really didn't play well. You know, and and he didn't play well against the worst team in the NFL, Carolina. And then he, I think he played even worse against Atlanta. But like you said, when it counted, he really, he he made the plays and stepped up in the final drive there with two, you know, pretty huge throws, which uh, I still think is the defining moment of the Buck season right now. I, I just, I don't know if there would have been any recovering from that. I, I really don't. Um, I think the Green Bay game probably goes differently if they lose the Atlanta game. And I think this game might go differently if they lose the Atlanta game. I just think it's it wouldn't have been good. So uh, to make those clutch th- uh, throws and get that win was massive. And But the difference between the past two weeks is the Bucs are winning, 
and he looks like fantastic. I mean, he's making all the right decisions. Uh, he's got good zip on the ball. The accuracy's been there. I mean, that throw to Mike Evans they made on a second touchdown, that's one of his best balls of the year. Um, that was just an absolute rope right in there. Um, and it was, I mean, the throw to Payne Durham was pretty good. Durham made a nice catch, but it was a, still a good throw. Um, yeah, it just seems more comfortable in the offense, which, I mean, is strange to say, you know, a day after Christmas, but um it just seems like just like you said earlier, they're all they're clicking at the right time. And December football, and as it gets later into December, that's when you won't be playing your best football. And right now, the Bucks are playing their best football. Well, especially on offense, uh, the defense. Even though they have had you know it was one good performance here, you'd like to see it on a consistent basis now. But the offense seems to really be on a roll and getting the guys uh, really involved. So um, yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield was 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 really good against Jacksonville. Um, you know. And he just he did all the right things, protected the football, uh, made the plays and didn't just manage the game. He took control of the game. And the Buccaneers actually, I believe they're it was either first five or six plays were actually passing plays. They didn't even try to run the ball. So when you say oh, the run game, you know, is a little bit uh, you know to be desired. Yeah, but at the same time, like we talked about on the game preview show, the Jags had a 29th ranked pass defense. So that's talking about, you know, attacking a weakness of a defense there. And that's what you want to see there from uh, Dave Canales as well. So uh, I, I thought Baker Mayfield played well. And you're, you're hoping that he can do it again th- th- this week because this is a, a massive one, you know. Um to be able to head into that week 18 game against Carolina without any pressure on you uh, would be just massive for this football team. Because if, if you lose against New Orleans, then, you know, yeah, like you got to beat Carolina and you got to hope, you know, like, because if you don't, then if New Orleans wins, you're, you're out of the, you might be out of the playoffs altogether. So um, yeah, all, all focus has got to be on New Orleans this week and uh, you got to play your best ball there. But I mean, two straight weeks, he he's arguably I mean, I don't even say arguably. Um, he's played his two best games of the Buccaneer in two straight weeks now. So hopefully he can make it a third. Absolutely. I-, I will say this as well. You know, we talk about the importance of December football, especially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who this time a month ago, we were talking about a team who was just lifeless. Like, I, I mean, it was an awful, awful middle stretch of the season. It cannot get much worse than how it went for the Bucs. When you lose six out of your seven games, you're more than likely not going to be a team that makes the postseason. It's just not the way that it works. Now, luckily, the Bucs have gotten some help from not only a weak NFC in general, but a weak NFC South, just one game away from clinching that NFC South division. Let's get to our first call here. You're live on the Cannon Fire Podcast. We appreciate your patience. What's your name? My name is Shane from West Tennessee. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. good. How are you, man? man? Yeah, man. Love the show. Love the show. Uh, Man, it's time right here today we give this offensive line some credit, man. They are getting better every game. And looking back at last year, they actually cost us probably three or four games alone. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line has has been a strength for sure. Yeah, I I mean, mean, Luke Jennings plugged in. I mean, gosh. Yeah, they even got better based off of where they were last week. Regardless of Baker having a perfect game, they gave up five sacks last week. Only two Mm. uh, this week to... The Jaguars pass rush, which we had talked about before the game, the effectiveness of uh, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen was going to be huge in that game. And yeah, I thought they looked pretty good. You know, there was the one sack, I think the first one where Baker just couldn't really get away. And I I don't really know what to blame that on. It seems like we're overthinking here if we blame it anything, blame it on anything other than just a pocket collapse. But 
You could argue the other one was Baker holding on to the ball too long, but at the end of the day, like this offensive line has been as good as they have needed to be with the weaknesses that they knew they were going to have headed into the season. But Evan, it also begs the question, how different is it going to look next season? Because I, I think the Bucks like Cody Malk at guard. I think they definitely like Luke Gedeke at right tackle, Tristan Wirfs at left tackle, but you got to think center and left guard. Even with Aaron Stinney playing the way that he has, I think there's going to be some moving around, if not some new personnel. Yeah, so this is where, you know, with our shows or whatever, you can start to see, I, I, I understand they're probably going to make the playoffs and we'll have a playoff game to talk about, like the offseason talk and stuff. But, um, yeah, left guard and center are probably two areas they might look to upgrade. Uh, left guard, Stinney's fine. Just don't know if Stinney's a long-term option there. I mean, I believe he's like 28 or 29 years old already. So um, don't really know if he's a, the long-term solution there. And also they've given him plenty of opportunities to be that long-term starter there, and he hasn't quite seized it. I know he had the injury, but um, you know, I, I don't know how you know high they are on him long-term. So yeah, you could see, but like, like you said, I agree. The the left side with Werfs, left tackle, right tackle with Gedeke, right right guard with Malk is pretty set in stone, and it's a big reason. You know, just like the caller said. Big reason why the Buccaneers offense has has played better. I think if this offensive line would be struggling right now, I think you'd see a quarterback that would be struggling, a play caller that would be straight. You know, a poor offensive line just makes everything more difficult. It makes everything more difficult to do. You can't run an offense if your offensive line sucks because you always have to account for that. Oh, okay, we're going to draw this play, but the quarterback probably won't have time. Or, oh, we can't open up running lanes in the run game, so we're one-dimensional that way. And uh, then then you're one-dimensional, and pass rushers can just tee off on your pro offensive line. So, yeah, I agree. The offensive line definitely uh, has been a, a strength, I think, really the whole season, but more so you know, in the last four or five weeks, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, maybe one or two weeks all year where you could argue they were a liability and they were a reason the offense wasn't having much success but any final thoughts before we let you go my friend no just one thing uh evan said a couple of shows ago y'all were discussing maybe mayfield just maybe wasn't the guy that could lead us to the super bowl i think the right skill position i like his energy i i want him to stay around Tampa. i love him <laughs> i like him a lot too we're going to dive a little bit more into the baker conversation here but we appreciate your call my friend go bucks thanks guys love the show Thanks. So, Evan, I meant to ask you at the top of the show, but I will ask you now. Are you ready to stop denying it? Are you ready to embrace Baker Mayfield as the future quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because, I listen, I, I have been publicly on the fence all year. Like, we have had conversation after conversation, and I have been the guy, more so than, than you, to be fair, who has weighed out the pros and the cons of what we have seen week to week. I mean, we've talked about this guy so much, but after last week and the week before, I mean, after the Packers game, I was ready to buy in, but after that follow-up performance against Jacksonville, I know they were injured. Next man up. Doesn't matter. That that was the best team the Bucks had left on their schedule, and they were... 29th on ranked pass defense. Okay. So... I tweeted out, quote, I have seen enough. Baker Mayfield is my quarterback. I'm ready to stop denying it. It is what it is. I'm on the Baker train because I think the most likely scenario after this late season performance in the December uh, that the Bucs have had is a long-term extension at two, three years, you know, not like a five-year deal. But what are your thoughts on uh, on Baker 
overall? Have they have they changed? Are you still still a denier? Oh, oh look, okay. See the, the the thing about me with Baker, like everybody just completely. If you don't say you love Baker, that means you hate Baker. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. Like I, I don't. You know, saying that when the Buccaneers are four and seven and they're picking ninth overall, that they'd be better off selecting a franchise quarterback rather than signing Baker Mayfield. Yeah, like that's not like. It's my opinion, you know, like it, it's it's like the uh, the Hannibal Burris thing. Like, why are you booing me? I'm right, you know. Um, but I mean, Baker Mayfield. I'm going to say this. He uh, to me, he has earned the right to be this team starter in 2024. Beyond that, we'll see. You know, he needs, I'm not saying another one-year deal because I, I don't, I don't, I, that would be perfect, I think, but I don't think he's going to accept another one-year deal. So it's going to have to be multiple years. I would guess, and I, I think I've said this before, I would guess who he's probably going to want three. I guess the Bucks would probably be more comfortable with two. Just my guess. Or, or, I mean, if it is three, it's something to where, like, they can basically get out of it after 2024 or something if, if it goes awry, you know. But, uh I, I I think, you know, he has played well enough to earn the right to be the starter in 2024. Um, you know, and, and the last two weeks ha- have validated that for sure. But at, at this at the same time, like the Bucks have to be careful. Like, I, I think both things can be true. Like they have to be careful. You know, yeah, it's just like, you know, yeah, you're fine with a two to three year deal. How would you feel about a five year deal where like, oh yeah, the Bucks can't get out. Like it's like Derek Carr. Oh, the Bucks can't get out of this thing for at least another three seasons. Like you, you might be like, okay, yeah, Baker's played well, but there'd be a part of you. There would have to be a part of a lot of Bucks fans that are, are a little bit like, yeah, you know, um, but you know, I, I, the thing is that he has has earned that right and um to be the, the this team starter i expect it to be a two year deal um in the honestly i mean honestly i think it's probably going to be more than more than we've been thinking all year because of these last two performances i mean unless it just absolutely collapses down the final three games of the season then the conversation changes but um i think it's going to be in the 25 to 30 million dollar a year range now that doesn't mean, oh, you know, they have $60 million minus 30 of that. Like, no, like his cap hit's going to be different and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think he has earned the right to, to be this team starter in 2024 for sure. You can't fault the Bucks for putting themselves in a situation where here we are in December and everything has gone according to plan. Like, they signed... Oh, also, they, like, I mean, shout out to Jason Light. Yeah, like, like, shout absolutely. out to... Like, that is fantastic. Just fantastic value. I mean, unbelievable. To find a quarterback that's being this productive for a one-year deal for $4 million. Now, I know he's probably going to reach most of his incentives, so it'll be more like $8 million. But to do that in a year where, like, people were like, oh, yeah, how are you going to, you know, Tom Brady's gone and you're going to suck. Like... You know, to do that, it is basically like, you know, uh, it's very impressive uh, to be able to do that. Um, So and then I see in in the chat here. 
our, our buddy Army John eighty five says, give him three years, fifty million with incentives. I, it's gonna take more than that. I mean, three years, fifty million, roughly is like six, a little over sixteen million a year. I think he's, um, I think he's gonna I, get to he, closer to thirty. Yeah, he's gonna get closer to thirty um, because there will be some other team that offers him more than that. Yeah. Brad Spielberger from PFF said it better than I could. The Bucks front office deserves a ton of credit for how they handled 2023. They took all their lumps in one season with over $81 million in dead cap, the most in the NFL. Another draft class looks promising in 2023, as good as any team in the draft over the last half decade. When we talk about the talent level, the guys that are still on this team, the guys that are about to be paid, Antoine Winfield Jr., Tristan Wirfs, and, and not far behind that, you know, we're talking about this, incredibly impressive rookie season by both Kalijah Kansi and now Yaya, Yaya Diaby, Diaby, Yaya Diaby who leads the team in sacks, who who played a quarter of the season and leads the team in sacks. This guy is ridiculous. You get Baker Mayfield for one year, $4 million set to win your third straight division title. I know a lot of people a month ago. I mean, damn myself. I can't sit here and, and deny that I said on this podcast, I think the bucks would be better off without Todd Bowles. But you cannot fault this team for putting themselves in the best case scenario. The best case scenario for Jason Light, for the Bucks, and for building this team with the money that they have. I mean, maybe a rookie quarterback because you don't have to shell out the money that you're about to pay Baker Mayfield. But we also know they're moving on from Devin White. I, I just I feel like this was the best possible case scenario for the expectations that were burdened on this Bucks team in 2023. People oh. picked them to win two, three games. And they're about yeah, to make I a postseason. You're more, you're more obviously way more of an optimist than I am. And you predicted them to win seven games. They've already won eight, you yep. know? So like, I mean, they have, you know, they have exceeded, I think even the most expectations. Like, I don't think like if you would have told me this Bucks team would have gone 10 and seven, I'd be like, Oh man, I'd be like, all right. Like a lot of things have to go right. And like, yeah. the thing is like, they have. things have gone right. Things have gone right for them. But like at times things have gone wrong. Like, they, it, like this team won lost what four straight games. Yeah. Like in the middle of the season, like, yeah, sure. Things have gone right for them. But at the same time, like they, I mean, a few bounces go their way. Like they could be even better. A few bounces don't go their way. They lose a few of them games, but like that's, that's the NFL. We, we were walking a dangerously fine line of blowing this entire thing up. The bucks were one loss away from everyone just kind of, you know, giving up on this thing, giving up on this regime, moving on from Todd Bowles officially. If they had lost to Carolina, that would have been it. It would have been it for this regime. Oh, yeah. It would have been it for this coaching staff. Would have been it for Baker. Uh, I imagine some of your free agents are still going to stick around, but the way that you build this team is eventually going to be around a rookie quarterback if they lose that game to Carolina. You know, because you're pretty much out of playoff contention at that point. You have lost if they, seven if they, of your if last eight. They lost eight. to Carolina. They lost to Carolina. That would have been trash time. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you're right. You're right. But here we are with Baker Mayfield on pace for right around 30 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions on the year, which again, I said at the beginning of the year, the best possible case scenario for me, in my opinion, of Baker coming in here, his first year in a new offense with a first year play caller. I expected a year, I said, if you can get like 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions from Baker Mayfield, that is a successful season. We have gotten beyond that. He is probably going to throw for over 4,000 yards, north of 30 touchdowns. He's going to throw for more than the 28 touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, he's going to throw that. For the Bucs offense to have any sort of positive momentum, what else did we need to go right? We needed Rashad White to take a huge step in his development as a running back. And look at the second half of the season he has had. There has been some weeks this year where he's our entire offense. 
you needed, slot receiver basically. Yeah, you needed <laughs> you needed Mike Evans at north of thirty years old to prove that he was still a productive part of this offense because he's one of the lone veterans and the longest tenured piece of this Bucks offense, and he's having one of his best career seasons. The guy leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns. The you offensive line. The offensive line. You needed Tristan Wirfs to play well at left tackle, and while he's been playing injured, injured Tristan Wirfs at left tackle is seemingly better than 65% of most left tackles in the NFL. You needed Luke Gedeke to translate well to right tackle. He has done that and then some. You needed Cody Mauk to come around, and yeah, he's had some rough weeks. This interior offensive line has been a weakness at time, but I think you've got to like the development you've seen from Cody Mauk. He is a mauler. He is physical in the run game for the Bucks, and he has been a big reason why the second half of this season, we've seen the run game open up and Rashad White get more impressive and complimentary football finally start to come into play for this Buccaneers football team. Last week against Jacksonville was obviously their uh, their opus on the season as far as execution. I, I just, I'm so excited about the direction of this team. And, and yes, it was a nice thought. It was a nice hypothetical situation to sit around and talk about a rookie quarterback. It was a fair thought. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was it was we were doing our due diligence because, like I said, the Bucks were one loss away from basically us just, you know, hanging our hat on potentially getting a top 10 pick, which would get you a franchise QB. But with Baker Mayfield playing the best that he possibly could have. I am excited to, I hate to say I'm excited to see Todd Bowles back in Tampa Bay, but more so than that, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to really put Todd over that much, but more so than that, I'm excited to see another year of this offense. I'm excited to see what Rashad White looks next year. I'd argue that we re-sign Chase Edmonds because he has been the running back too that we have been looking for for three seasons now. I'd argue he comes back. I'm impressed to see what this offense can become with Baker Mayfield at the helm. Now that we know the Bucs have their answer at quarterback, they know how to build around him. And, and I, I'd like to see the evolution of this offense, especially. And and I know we talked about the regression of the defense as well. We can probably talk a little bit more of that topic here in a minute. But they've been playing well. Played one of their best games of the month uh, last weekend against Jacksonville. So, again, it's it, it's exciting to get excited about where this Bucks team is trending. And, and going back to Baker Mayfield... Can you win a Super Bowl with them? I don't know. I don't know. But I'd argue they can win a playoff game with them. Hell, I'd argue, maybe, this might sound crazy, I'd argue they could win too. But if you can get some consistency around this guy who who has already shown you he can shine after everything he's been through, I, I think it's going to be the best thing for the Bucks moving forward. And we'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how consistent Baker Mayfield can be especially in the 2024 season. We'll see what this conversation looks like a year from now. But I am excited about where this team is headed. And I think having consistency with a team that has not had it, a franchise that just simply has not had it over the course of their existence, I, I think it's going to be a really good thing. I, I do. I'm buying yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, $5 you know, super James. chat from King James 813, Antoine Winfield Jr. for all pro yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, well, I also wanted to bring up uh, King James uh, says, basically when we were talking about the Mayfield thing, he says three years, 85 million, 45 guaranteed. That, that's more, I think, more like it. I think that's what, a little over 28. Um, so I think that's more like it. And I think the Bucks may approach Mayfield and be like, hey, we'll give you a little bit of a higher cap number if you go maybe less years. Like, I, I could see that. Uh, maybe like, you know, hey, we'll get to over 30 if you could, if you do two years to just to give that the bucks, just in case, you know, things don't go well in 2024, 2025, they're not completely like just, you know, strapped with this terrible contract. Um, so uh, I do think that something like that, I, I think would make sense, but yeah, appreciate the, the five, the five hour super chat. Um, if they now Chuck asked if they resign Baker, what do you do with Trask next season? Trask is just a cheap backup. Uh, he's still under contract for next season, so he's a cheap backup quarterback. And yeah, obviously you don't know what he is, but and look, if Baker Mayfield goes down and Kyle Trask has to come in in week two and play six straight games, yeah, the Bucks probably ain't going nowhere that season. But we always said this with Tom Brady. Like if Tom Brady went down, the season was over anyway. Like it didn't, it didn't matter. You know, if Tom Brady went down for an extended period of time, the season was done. If Baker Mayfield goes down, which Baker Mayfield has have, uh, you know, an injury history, like it could happen. If Baker Mayfield goes down, like, yeah, the for an extended period of time, the season probably over. So I would much rather have Kyle Trask making whatever, a little, like not even a million dollars rather than paying a backup quarterback, $5 million, you know, like, that's what they paid Baker Mayfield, basically. So, um, five dollars super chat from Charles J- uh, Jansen. Thank you very much. Uh, keep in mind, Baker has never had same OC and HC two years in a row. He reminds me of Brad Johns. They can win a Super Bowl with right cats around him. The, the tough thing, and, and we talk about this a lot, the tough thing that when you bring up the Brad Johnson thing and oh, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl, it was 20 years ago. Right. Like that, that's, that's the thing. I, I do think Baker Mayfield could probably win you a playoff game. I don't know about two. You know, I, I, I don't know about two, but I, you know, I, he's shown that you can win you a playoff game. Like he, he did it with, you know, with Cleveland. Now, do you single handedly do that? No. The Browns f- defense forced five turnovers, but, uh, I do, um, I do think that Mayfield can have success. Whether he can win a Super Bowl or not, I don't know. And I just think bringing up Brad Johnson as the comparison, just because that is a completely different era of football. And you need a quarterback nowadays to do so much more than you did 20 years ago that it just, you know, and also that 2002 defense, like this, this Bucks defense is nowhere near that. So like, you know, yeah, like you need, you need a lot and, um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. So, uh, we, yeah, we appreciate the super chat. Let's see how Baker finishes the season before we decide if he deserves another contract. I mean, I, I get it, and, and I know you're not alone, Richard, uh, for sure. But um, at this point, you know, just looking at it, he probably you know has earned that in the eyes of the Bucks. I think it would have to be. I think it would assuming, take an absolute assuming they, assuming they make the playoffs. Right, they have three more games. It would have to be pretty rough. It would like, have to over- be an. Or if they lose two straight here and Mayfield's less like terrible, then you're like, oh, it would have to be an all time fumbling of the bag. I mean, he would have to go out and play like absolute garbage for two weeks in a row. And they would have to I, lose both games. Probably. I want to I want to believe he's better than that. I just said at the beginning of the show that I have bought in. So I think he is better than that. And I do not think the odds favor him going and playing like garbage two weeks in a row. But these are also two division games. 
two teams that you have beat already. So Jacksonville was probably the toughest team they had left on the schedule, but you know, New Orleans not very far behind as far as terms of importance in terms of just how tough we really kind of think it's going to be. I know they brought Jacksonville behind the woodshed, but who saw that coming, really? You know, I I, I predicted yeah. it to be a pretty good day throwing the football. And I thought we the both predicted gonna, the Bucks to win, not win that yeah, way. Right. <laughs> that way. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to be 30 to nothing in that third quarter. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game it is against New Orleans. But the Bucks also have home field advantage, their final home game of the year, barring a playoff appearance. So and Charles Jansen with another five hour super chat. Appreciate it. That how have our first round QBs picks we drafted worked out for us? See, to me, that doesn't. So, like, if that if that's the logic, though, you should never, ever, ever draft a QB in the first round ever again. Like that, 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 that there's no correlation there between Josh Freeman, Jameis Winston, and the next guy you draft. Like, I think it's, there's no connection there. I think it's just the ultimate argument of we can talk all day about a rookie quarterback, but talking about a rookie quarterback does not mean it's a sure thing. And that's what a lot of people also want to say. No, for for sure. With Baker Mayfield, to a degree, you know what you have. You know, we know what this guy's ceiling looks like. We definitely know what his floor looks like after a full season in Tampa Bay. So he's an established veteran. He, You kind of know what to expect. With a rookie, you've got no idea. No idea. You really don't. You could get C.J. Stroud, or you could get Jamarcus Russell. Like, it, it really seems like uh, there's, there's one of two ways that that could go. And on top of that, the patience to develop that player is going to have to be had as well. And and we're talking about Mike Evans, who is playing, you know, at 30-plus years old, likely going to get a contract extension for Tampa Bay. What if the Bucs draft a first-round rookie, and knowing, yep. they, knowing their not. luck, they get the one ass-bucket quarterback from this draft class, and you have to waste the rest of but Mike Evans' why, career why, waiting why, why for a QB to develop though? who never does? Why, why are you assuming that, though? I'm not. I'm not assuming anything. I'm just asking. Like, you know, if, you know so every, are you every, saying a lot of people? A lot of people want to assume that uh, they say, "Oh, you, you want to assume that a first." So round do you want to assume? Gonna, so do you want to assume franchi- you're going to assume that a rookie quarterback is going to be a franchise guy, right? No, okay, but I'm not going to assume he's going to be terrible either. Like, I, I don't. And also, I think you made the point a few weeks ago. Like, you think the Bills are, are angry that they had to right. be patient with Josh Allen? Right. You think the you think the, the Chiefs are like, man, we had to wait freaking a year to start patching our homes. What a wasted draft pick. Like, no, like they, they don't care. You know, like it, it's to me, it's. Uh, you know, and again, and it's all probably, you know, like. It's a moot point for this year, right? Because, like, I, I don't think they're going to be drafting a quarterback. I mean, if the opportunity presents itself, I think that depends on the contract that Baker Mayfield receives. I think that'll tell you a lot about their plans. Um, if it's like a, it's like, oh, it's a two-year deal, but it's like a one-year deal. Maybe they draft a quarterback in the first round then. But, but my my thing is like, I just the explanation to not draft a QB in the first round. Your explanation, your explanation is, oh, the Bucks have never drafted a good QB in the first round. Okay, like, I don't think what does that what does that matter? I think that is just support in the main argument that I brought up, and the fact that you never really know. There's never well, a you first don't round know, QB. but the ceiling is much higher too, though. One would argue, yes. I mean, the the the, the ceiling is is much higher. You know, like I mean, who do you think? Has a has more potential to get to a Super Bowl, Baker Mayfield or CJ Stroud? 
you're asking me this right now, like right now yeah. with what we know. And about I'm not even, I'm not even necessarily talking about just this season, you know, specifically over their career. Who has more potential to go to a Super Bowl? You're gonna get mad at me. You're you're just gonna be lying to yourself. How? Because you just came off of two straight weeks where he's playing great and Shroud didn't play at all. Shroud's 22. Mayfield's going to be 29. Hasn't even gotten to an AFC Championship game yet. Shroud was getting MVP talk in his rookie season. You know, it's just, I under I understand there's obviously, sure, Right for as many CJ Strouds as there are, for as many Josh Allen's, Patrick Mahomes, there is Mitchell Trubisky's. Right there is, and I mean Bryce Young. People say, "Oh, Bryce Young is the first overall." It's way too early for Bryce Young. Like it's it's way too early for that guy. But like, yeah, there's Mitchell Trubisky's and there's Rosen's. Blake Bortles. Yeah, like there's Josh Rose. Like there's plenty of those guys. Right, but for as many of those guys, there's also the Joe Burrows and the, you know, like, yes, Lamar Jackson was the 32nd overall pick. He was still picking the first round. Like, you know, um, you know, and everybody looks at, well, look at Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy. That's an exception. Like, like, you know, Dak Prescott is an exception. Um, you know, even Jalen Hurts in the second round is an exception. Now, if you could find a guy like Derek Carr in the second round, you know, like obviously not Derek Carr now, but like, for a second-round pick, Derek Carr has had a pretty good, solid career, like a pretty good career for a second-round pick. Um, but like I said, I think that the point is moot at least for this season because I just I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be looking to. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't. I, I think it all depends on who's on the board, of course. But um, I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be looking to to do that with a rookie quarterback, at least not yet. I agree with with what we know about the most likely case being Baker Mayfield signing a contract extension. I, I feel like this rookie quarterback conversation for the Bucks it ended after that Green Bay game. And I think it ended even more after the performance against Jacksonville. And we just talked about the potential of Baker playing so bad here to finish the regular season that the Bucks could not look to give him a second look. But that would also mean that they missed the postseason. They don't have it shored up. So I don't want to sit here and talk like they're going to make the postseason 100%. But you have to believe with what we have seen from this team. I've Rough gotten sweeps. to the point. I mean, I have gotten to the point where I can buy in just enough to think they're going to win one of these next two games. If they lose the New Orleans and they split the series, I am not going to be upset. We got a five dollar and ten cent super chat from Charles Jansen, his third of the show. Thank you, Charles. I really do appreciate it. He said Joe Montana was a third round pick. That was forty years ago. <laughs> I. Do you want to? You like? I I don't like. Yeah, sure. Like like I'm I'm not saying it's impossible. To say one example from 40 years ago isn't going to change my mind. Like you know, your success rate outside of the first round is lower. Like it it, it just is. Uh, Russ Week said, "Would you have taken Will Levis?" No, I would not have. Um, I thought the Buccaneers made the right call passing on Will Levis at 19th overall. I, I wasn't a, a huge fan of fan of Will Levis, and also like I have to be a fan of the quarterback too. I'm not just saying, "Oh, draft any guy in the like the first round." No, like I'm I'm not saying that. I have to be a fan of the guy. I'm just saying it's not the worst case scenario. You're on the Can of Fire podcast. Hello, who's this? Uh, my name's Angel. How are you guys? Doing good. How good, you doing? Are you? Good, good, good. Um, listening in on the 
on the podcast right now, and I had to try on the uh, the whole Baker Mayfield contract situation, and uh, I just figured I'd get your guys' opinion on the Mike Evans situation. Do you think how the season ends will impact whether he stays or goes? Um, you know, assuming that we make the playoffs. Assuming that we make the playoffs, I, I think this late season surge by Mike Evans, especially leading the NFL in touchdowns, is going to go a long way in what other teams are going to offer him. Because, I mean, at this rate, it's kind of a foregone conclusion the Bucks are just going to let him hit the market. You know, they're going to let him see what other teams think he's worth. And I'm sure that at the end of the day, that's what he wants as well. So it may have, may have upped his price tag as far as what we thought it was going to be this time, like three, four, five weeks ago. I was thinking maybe you know, early 20s, 23, 24, but he could get 26, 27. And I think the Bucks would be ready to pay him that. But the way that they address it is also going to be interesting. They can save a little bit of cap space this year if they decide to sign Tristan Wirfs to an extension. So that's going to be something to monitor because they technically don't have to do that until next year, but they would save a hell of a lot of money this year if they did it. So depending on the moves that they make right. leading up to it, it'll be interesting because they'll have a lot of time to kind of decide if bringing Mike back is something they want to do. But my gut says, uh, especially with Baker Mayfield kind of proving he's the guy, I think it gives them even more incentive to bring him back because this is statistically going to be one of the best seasons of his career with Baker Mayfield, a first year offensive coordinator, first year play caller. All of those guys are coming back. So it would make that much more sense to, uh, to bring Mike Evans back. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I, I think you know with Mayfield potentially being back, the the chemistry that they've had. I mean, they clearly have a connection, right? It's not like it's totally like James Winston, Deshaun Jackson, like man, like man, like these two can't get on the same page and this and that. But like Baker Mayfield has a clear connection with Mike Evans, and I do think Mayfield coming back would help actually Evans' chances of coming back because there's more certainty at who's at quarterback. If the Buccaneers let Baker Mayfield walk and then decided to you know just basically have a gaping hole at quarterback. Until the draft, well, Mike Evans needs to make a decision on his next team before the draft. You know, he may want to see who the Buccaneers quarterback is. So I do think Mayfield potentially being back in the fold will help that. Uh, as far as the contract Evans gets, I I don't think it's going to be over twenty five million. I think it's going to be slightly under twenty five million. I think it's going to be. Probably three years, I, I would guess. So I, I think after that three, like, I think it would be a contract for him to retire in Tampa Bay. Uh, he stated that like he doesn't really want to play much longer. So I don't think it'd be over three years. I'd be surprised even if he signs elsewhere. Like I, I'd be surprised if it was more than a three-year deal. So I think that's what you're looking at for Mike Evans. And I, I think he... There's going to be some stressful times for Buccaneers fans because I do fully 100% expect Mike Evans to hit the open market um, and free agency, but I do ultimately think he's probably more than likely back in Tampa Bay. Final thoughts before we let you go. Um, hey, man, keep doing what you guys do, and uh, I listen to you guys pretty much every live podcast, so uh, go Bucks, and let's hope Mike Evans does come back. Hell yeah, go Bucks. Thanks for your call, man. We have another uh we have another five dollar super chat here from uh Charles Jansen. Um and it is uh he said, Well, go root for Houston then, since you hate Baker, Baker is our QB root for him. Well, look, uh I'm not rooting for anybody. Um I follow the team objectively. Um, it's my opinion. 
I don't hate Baker. Literally just said he deserves the right to be the starter in 2024. So uh, we were talking about the pros and cons of drafting a quarterback. I never said that the Buccaneers should flat out just completely draft the quarterback. Um, so, you know, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, uh, that's is what it is. Like I just because uh you know a person is on the team doesn't mean you, you know that you have to say that they're they're uh you know great. So um doesn't mean that. Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. Who's this? What's up guys? It's Richard from the West Coast. West Coast, LA Richard. What's up, man? Hi, man. You know you Bucks are winning right now, and there's still a lot of negativity going on with our team. And we got to be more excited, man. As a, as a fan of this team, we need more more excitement from our fans, man. Really, uh, you know, too much talk about whether Baker Baker needs to be extended or needs needs to be moved on. Season's not over. We have two more games. We have a playoff push to make. We have the Saints to beat next week. Like we need, we need to put our energy into like our team whooping some Saints ass next week to claim this goddamn division. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot on the line this week, and and I know that after four wins in a row, it's hard to not walk around like everything is hunky dory. But you do make a valid point in the fact that. Listen, the job's not done. You know, Kobe Bryant said it best. The Bucks have not clinched the NFC South division as of yet. There's still two games on the schedule, and they have to win at least one of them. That's not a sure thing either, based off of the inconsistency that we have already seen from this football team in the 2023 season. Neither of those games are a foregone conclusion. So I, I do think some people might be looking ahead a little too quickly here because the Bucks do have to finish the job and they've done a great job convincing me that they can potentially I don't want to say make a deep playoff run that's not what I'm getting at but they could they could do a little bit more damage to a playoff opponent than I thought they could this time a month ago that is for damn sure but just like you said Richard I think a lot of people might be quick to put all their eggs in one basket your thoughts Evan on uh, where the Bucks are and obviously where they still have yet to be yeah, well, I mean, I, I do agree that, um, you know, Richard is right when he says, like, look, you know, this week is the only thing that really matters. And it's also like, yeah, you could win the South by, you know, beating Carolina. But, like, don't you want to beat New Orleans at home, you know, winning the South, clinching the South at home? Um, you know, that's what you want to do. You don't want to go into that Week 18 game with, with any sort of pressure or and, anything. So, Well, and on top of that, I'd love to see them clinch a positive record. Because, you know, last week, the final game yeah. of the year against Atlanta, the Bucks couldn't care less about that game. They had already shored up the NFC South, and it could be a similar situation if they end up beating New Orleans and going to Carolina. Like, you could see a lot of the backups play. It'll be interesting to see how they approach that. But I just want to see them finish with a positive record. You know, I, I thought that even with Tom Brady at quarterback, it was a little strange to see them just settle for the end of the regular season last year the way that they did. And... It's neither here nor there to sit here and argue on if that affected the momentum of the team headed into the postseason, but I would argue it did. I, I would like to uh, to see them finish on a strong note. They're playing their best football of the season in December. Could you imagine what kind of good it would do for this football team to finish the year 
winning six games in a row and getting to 10 wins after being a four and seven football team, that'd be incredible. It would be comparable to, you know, the, the winning streak that they had at the end of the regular season in 2020, which led into Mm -hmm. that incredible playoff run, Super Bowl victory, won eight games in a row, which is a franchise record. If they could pull something similar to that off, uh, the momentum that they would have going into the postseason would be undeniable. And there wouldn't be many teams in the NFL who would accomplish what the Bucks have been able to accomplish over the last month. Um, but Richard, final thoughts before we let you go, my friend. We got one more caller. Oh, okay. Hey, look, uh, Baker, I mean, he's making a case for comeback player of the year. He's making a case for offensive player of the month. Like, let's be excited for him, man. You know what? Ever since he announced he's going to be a dad, like, there's a motivation behind there now. It's not just him. It's not just his wife. It's not, you know, we're a, a, a job. It's livelihood, man. It's it's an it's another mouth to feed. And when when you become a parent, your thought process changes, man. It it, it becomes more than just yourself. So I, I'm happy for him. Early on, I, I wasn't big on Baker. I wasn't big on Trask. I just wanted to see how it played out, but. With everything, how the the recent success of this team, man, it's it's very exciting, and, and I'm super hyped about it. And last thing I want to end on is, guys, <laughs> a little downward spiral here. Can we bitch about the stupid penalty on Devin White of the uh, uh, roughing the passer? Yeah. God damn! All right, I'll let you guys go. You guys have a merry Christmas, happy New Year, go Bucks! Happy holidays, Thanks, go Bucks! Richard, always good to hear from you, my friend. West Coast. All right. Final call of the show from the 423. Caller, you're on the Cane Fire podcast. Hello? Who's this? Oh, hey. Calling you from the Smoky Mountains in East Tennessee, the interior Smokies right next to North Carolina, Tennessee border. How y'all doing? Beautiful. Good. How are you? Well, up here in the mountains, we say a hair short of Jim Dandy when you're getting ready to go to go to the shop put the log in the fireplace and play some guitar and just have some moonshine. So it's going to oh, be yeah. a good evening. Absolutely. Um, Sounds awesome. First of all, let me say, I'm not, uh, I'm not really prone to, to make calls in like this, but um, one thing that's been frustrating for me as I'm not really a Bucks fan, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan because I used to live in Oklahoma and I watched like all of his games moved up here to East Tennessee. He got drafted by the Browns. And I I wasn't really an NFL fan. I was a Baker fan. And one of the things that I, that I noticed when he came in the league was how the NFL actually called Browns games. It's different than the marquee teams. And <clears throat> larger point, uh, he's had a microscope that you know first round draft picks are going to get going to get that and he had some success his first year uh under freddie kitchens as the oc and when freddie got the head coaching job it totally totally hijacked him uh because they brought in who was the receiver the browns brought in hey, oh, Odell. remember they got odell and they got jarvis landry yeah. Now Jarvis, huge plus. Odell, we didn't know that he couldn't run routes until we brought him in. 
I mean, literally, the guy could not run routes, and Baker had to adjust to that. That was very tough. So uh, not being a Baker apologist for him to get a huge contract or, or, or whatever, he's, he's had a bumpier road than really any other first-round draft pick that I can think of, the first, the first pick of the draft. When you think about the amount of head coaches, coordinators, just, you know, all that crap. Well, anyway, um, it's been so difficult just getting good content on the Bucks online that I came across your channel. And <clears throat> I was listening to uh, Evan. And, Evan, one of the things that, that I'd like to bring to your attention, it's, it's like you almost downplay Baker's contribution to the team uh, because he hasn't been consistent all year, but neither has his offensive line. And dude, he's not really had a freaking run game for, except for like how many games, just a couple, not even very many. I mean, second so, half of the season, they've had a, they've had a couple of, you know, a couple of big days for the run game early, but nothing consistent. It, it, it's taken them, it, it's taken them eight, nine weeks to really get a, a solid system going back there. Right. Right, but I guess my larger point, Evan, is that Baker is the reason why they are doing what they're doing because the run game just hasn't really it hasn't really been there at all. I mean, from what from what I've seen. Now, true, they've had a couple games where Rashad looked like a, a world beater because he got what, like sixty yards or, or whatever, but you know, that's not a lot. The knock on Baker in the past has been, Oh, well, they've got Nick Chubb and they've got Kareem Hunt. They've got the, the best running attack in the league. But you can't say that now about Baker. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really looking forward to is when they get into the playoffs, how the rest will call the Bucks. Because here's the deal. If you remember, when, when the Browns were playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional game, that non-call for the helmet-to-helmet on Rashard Higgins – was one of the biggest criminal acts in NFL history, in my opinion, because the ref was standing right freaking there with his hands on his knees looking at the dude getting drilled in the freaking noggin. And, and so I'm going to be interested to see how they call, call Baker, uh, call, call the Bucks, you know, from here on out. But I just wanted to kind of bring that to you. It, it seems like that the, the popular thing to do in sports media is to – to give Baker these backhanded compliments, you know, it's like, and looking at the larger picture, he's really had to go through more than any other first pick in the draft that I can ever recall. So anyway, I'll get off here and listen to you guys respond to that. Have a good night. We appreciate your call, man. Have a great night. Evan, he gave you all the, uh, he gave you all the ammunition he had, pal. What are, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on where we stand here? Yeah, obviously, you know, appreciate the call, uh, you know, of course. And, um, I mean, no, I, he's right. The offensive line, sure, has not been consistent at times. Uh, the running game, especially the first half of the season, like, was not very good. The thing I would say, though, okay, we talked about, oh, this run game has really stepped it up in the last few weeks, right? Okay. They're on a four-game winning streak. That's the last few weeks. Before that, when the run game was not good, they were four and seven. So, like, that's what I'm talking about, you know, when I'm talking about Baker Mayfield as a guy who can elevate the others, even when the run game isn't great, like, th that's sort of what I'm talking about there, right? 
I, I like Baker Mayfield. You can go back and listen to those shows in March when right before free agency, right? When we were discussing you were you wanted Gardner Minshew over anybody yeah, else. I, I was and, yeah. I, and I mean, you know, Gardner Minshew's played fine. You know, like he, he has. He's he's played, I mean, Colts might make the playoffs. Um, but like, you know, my the one I wanted to sign was Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I thought that had the most upside, I thought, and the most maybe you know, bang for your buck kinda, you know, is where like contract he could get versus the production that you would get out of it. So, you know, uh, he's he's right. The, the offensive line has been inconsistent, uh, this and that. You know, he had the the run game in Cleveland would certainly help. And I understand, like, obviously, yeah, a, a non-existent run game is going to hurt a quarterback. It hurt Tom Brady last year. It, it's hurt Baker Mayfield at times this year. Like, I, I definitely get that. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, be do backhanded compliments or anything. I just said, again, 10 minutes in the show, I said he should be the team starter in 2024. Like, you know, it's it's not it's not crazy to me to think that maybe he won't be the long term solution, but he's the best solution right now. And, and that's OK. You know, and where the Bucks are picking the draft right now. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is probably the best option for them uh, for, uh, you know, for 2024. And he is played well enough. To, to get this team from out of the gutter, basically, to where, like, he probably wouldn't be back next year, right? Like, they were four and seven. You go four and eight, four and nine. Like, Todd Bowles ain't back, and then you probably aren't back. And, um, you know, and kudos to him. He's played really well. He's bounced back from some struggles. Uh, obviously, there's some things to, to nitpick. There's always going to be things to nitpick with a quarterback. But, you know, you just hope that you can overcome those. My big thing is, this is just my opinion. I don't. I think he can win you a playoff game. I don't know if he can win you a Super Bowl. And until it, this is my personal team building philosophy, until I can find that guy who I believe can win me a Super Bowl, I want to keep searching for it. So when I find that guy, that's when you stop. Right. Right now, I don't know if Baker Mayfield can win me that Super Bowl. I'm not a hundred percent certain that Baker Mayfield can win me that Super Bowl. And until I am, I want to keep trying to find that guy. I think the biggest takeaway that I had, and this is going to be something you can fold into the argument for Baker Mayfield, is the rocky path that he's had in the NFL as a first-round pick. I mean, let's face it, there's not a lot of first-round picks who have been put in his position who still have a starting job. There's not a lot of first-round picks who have yeah, bounced and, and, around. And this was Baker Mayfield's last chance. This right, was it, it for him. was, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. We're sitting here talking about a contract extension in his first full season in over three years. I think he was dealt a shitty hand in Cleveland. I do. I think they absolutely screwed him over. I don't know why they decided to move on, but they did. And I think as an organization, I think as a fan base, I have seen it. But as an organization, they're going to regret that move. They they just, they will. They will. They have. Yeah, I mean, they are, I mean, they are, I they do, they are still winning. Yeah, I guess Joe they Flacco. are still winning with Joe Flacco, <laughs> but God forbid you don't sign Joe Jesus to come to town. Then where is that team right now? Yeah. Deshaun no, Watson I mean, clearly yeah. wasn't the right investment. You know, you're winning more games with Joe Flacco than you probably would have with, with Watson <laughs> this year. So yeah. I do think at the end of the day, 
there is a ton of upside to Baker Mayfield. And I'm probably a little more eager to buy into it than you are. And that's okay. Everyone has a different opinion. And that's my favorite part of this podcast is that we get callers who can call in and berate you for five minutes because they don't agree with what you said about Baker Mayfield. You've made a lot of enemies. That's fine with me. You've made a lot of enemies in our chat room this year with your takes on Baker Mayfield. But I wouldn't rather have it any other way because that's the beauty of this. I, I think if we did a podcast where every week we just jumped on here and we agreed with each other for 30 minutes. It wouldn't be that entertaining. I, I don't True. think it would be, you know, I, I don't no. think I would get a lot of entertainment. That's, that, that's not what I, when I'm listening to a bot, especially a sports podcast, like I don't want to hear a bunch of yes, men, you know, yeah. that are just, yeah. you know, sitting there and just, yep, yep. This is good. This is good. This is good. All right. Yep. See ya. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I think it's obviously a conversation people love paying attention to, but there's a lot on the line for Baker Mayfield, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, this is a huge investment they are potentially about to make in these last two weeks of the regular season are going to help confirm or deny any suspicions they may have about Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. before potentially giving him that contract extension. We have gone long today, and we are going to go a little bit longer. It's not going to be that much longer. We're just going to wrap it up. I didn't think we were going to be talking about Baker that long, but we would be remiss as we talk about the big day for the Buccaneers defense against Jacksonville. Oh, boy. We got to talk about the return of Devin White. Uh, I mean, we we made a huge deal. We made a huge deal. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but we made a huge deal about him not playing against Green Bay. I mean, the NFL made a huge deal about it. The Bucs were getting investigated for lying about injury designation. I believe they still are. Yeah, they, they might end up getting fined. Like, this is a bigger deal than we thought it was, but at the end of the day, we talked about how how him being inactive due to a coach's decision against Green Bay Kind of thought that was it. And then all of a sudden, he's playing again against Jacksonville. Gets an interception, half a sack, only four tackles on the night, but it's his first game in like a month. We got, we got one more super chat from our friend Charles Jansen. Uh, it's so much more entertaining when we have disagreement. Besides, Evan is so much fun to rip because he is a good sport. Appreciate, hey, appreciate all the super chats, Charles. Yeah, yeah you've been you. an absolute rock star tonight with the super chat. So appreciate everybody super chatting, but uh, yeah, definitely appreciate it. And yeah, love the conversation, Charles, for sure. So we, we were just talking about Devin White. We we're talking about his role on the defense. I mean, this is still the last ride for number 45 in a Buccaneers uniform. I oh, think that, that was decision, good. That was good. I like that. Right. Yeah, right. Like the, in, the horses. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. That. Pun intended. Uh, so he Did is you do going that? Was to, that on purpose? Uh, maybe. 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 Now, to be honest, was it on purpose? Yes, it was. Okay. All right. I just, all right. I, I didn't. I was. I was gonna give you credit. I was like, okay, like even if I, even if it was that an accident, I was gonna give you credit. I got one more in the chamber here for you. Devin White is gonna ride off into the sunset with a contract extension with another team. It's not gonna be Tampa Bay. The sun has set on that old Western, and uh, it is what it is. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. He was one of the better players on the defense for the last couple of years, regardless of the inconsistency and, I guess, the decline. You know, he's gonna be another team's problem next year. Uh, but him coming back into the game, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on on where we are? Is it just kind of a non-issue? Is it, you know, Devin White going to be taking over snaps from K.J. Britt and Servassier Dennis these last two weeks? Is that kind of what we he, can he expect? Did. He, he did. Like, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's, uh, look, he played well. Okay, like we we have to give him credit where you know it, it's it's due. You know he he played well. The interception was actually a really good catch, really good coverage. Um, he was blitzing really all over the place. Uh, you know the blitzes were hitting and stuff. And uh, when this, I mean, when this bugs defense, when they can blitz and it gets home, like this is how good they can be. You know, and 
he played well. Uh, Devin White did play well, but at the same time, um, yeah, like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be back next year. Uh, Devin White played sixty three snaps, and KJ Britt played three. So like, get yeah, Dev- Devin White played like it was, and he's probably gonna play next week. Like it, it's gonna be the same thing. So um, we will ha- have to wait and see. You know, how he plays the last three weeks, maybe gets him a little bit of bump in a contract. Doesn't really matter for next year. Um, but if, if it can help them, uh, you know, if it can help them, you know, win a couple games here, I'm sure they would take that on his way out, you know. Um, because at this point, like, I don't I don't think he wants to be back, and I don't think the team wants him back. So I just I don't see a way any sort of contract agreement could could end up, you know, being agreed upon. Yeah, I definitely don't think this ends in a in a in a happy ending between him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I, I think, you know, what what I take from it is the Bucks doing him a solid. You know, go out here, play some meaningful reps here at the end of the season. We know how important these games are. If he can continue to play well and he can put some good tape together for other teams to look at, it's gonna help him in the long run. So, you know, it would sour the relationship even further. I don't know if that's possible, but it probably would if the Bucs just benched him and did not let him play for the last month of the season, knowing the situation this team was going to be in with a playoff push. So I I can understand it. I know why they did it. I just wanted to address it because we hadn't talked about it on the show. And uh, Devin White's return, especially with a couple of big highlight reel plays against Jacksonville, was something a lot of people were talking about. But man, 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 it has been one hell of a show want to say thank you to everybody hanging out from all the people who were chatting live on YouTube to anyone who called in to all the super chats, everyone disagreeing with Evan and saying how much they hate him and don't listen to our podcast because he's on here. Regardless, we're glad that you're here and uh, we're, we're happy yeah. to have had the support that we have had throughout 2023 and just under a week, it'll be 2024. We're getting ready to do it. Hard again to believe. That calendar Hard to year. believe. Yeah. Started and, and just under a week. It's uh, somebody's, Somebody's birthday. Oh. Some, somebody's. Oh. Somebody's turned the, the big 5 Somebody's yeah, turned the Yeah. Yeah. Who told you that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I got you and James mixed up. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Our good buddy, James. Be on the lookout later this week. We have got more Tampa Bay Buccaneers content right here on the YouTube channel, as well as our podcast feed. We will have our game preview show should be live on Friday. As we look ahead to this week's game against the New Orleans Saints. A massive one. Yeah, Saints hate week. And uh, it is going to possibly be the most important game of the season as the Buccaneers are just one win away from clinching the NFC South for a third straight also, season. And also potentially uh, the first time in franchise history that the Buccaneers will win the NFC South for the third straight, three straight seasons. So. Talking about um, history, yeah. if the Bucs win next week, we could also be talking about the first undefeated month of football for the franchise since December of 2020 when they were 3-0, and and that's when they started just going on an absolute tear that would become that Super Bowl 55 playoff run, and we all know how that ended. So it'll uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to wrap up the regular and, season. And, and actually looking at it now, since the, two, since the NFC South was created, uh, there's only been two other times where a team has won the division three straight seasons. Uh, that was the Carolina Panthers from 2013 to 2015 that won it three straight years. And then the Saints won it four straight years from 2017 to 2020. So uh, the Buccaneers have a chance to, to put themselves in that company with a win on Sunday. 
Bucks on the brink of history. We'll talk to you more about the game later this week. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Anything on the slate this week? Uh, yeah, going to be uh, looking at the the Norlands uh, Q and A with the SB Nation site. Um, then also, you know, X Factor as well. And and I'm thinking, I'm not sure. I'm debating on whether to save this for the off season or not. But I was going to take a look at um, some stuff, you know, about Jason Light and about you know his off season because uh, he really he killed the, this last off season. Should be a good one. I am looking forward to it. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter. At Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We'll talk to you later this week. Thank you once again for hanging out with us tonight. It's going to be an exciting end of the season. I know I keep saying that, but it's hard to not want to buy in, obviously because of the recent performance, but just the turnaround this team has made and certainly have made it a December to remember. I'm your host, Rip Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.